0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning into Civil Discourse. I'm your host, Caleb, and today we have a special episode with lots of guests. First, you'll hear an interview I did with Brandon Dyer about Leah Thomas, and that'll cover our national story today. Next, I sat down with Kariana and Diego. Kariana is the business and advertising manager for the Six Mile Post at Georgia Highlands College, and Diego is our newest member of the Student Spin podcast team. Be on the lookout for his first episode of On the Record, which will be dropping very soon. Diego, Kariana, and I talk about divisive concept bills in Georgia, the no-fly zone in Ukraine, and we close out the show talking a little bit about TikTok. As always, the Student Spin Podcast is a sister media to the Six Mile Post newspaper at Georgia Highlands College in Rome, Georgia. The V's in this podcast do not represent those of the Six Mile Post or Georgia Highlands College. Let's get into the episode. everyone. I've got Brandon Dyer in here today. He's the editor-in-chief of the Six Mile Post newspaper at Georgia Highlands College and the host of the Post Buzzer podcast on the Student Spin Podcast Network, also at Georgia Highlands College. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Caleb. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? So, our interests align today. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I have to say I'm not the most athletically-minded person in the world, but... First of all, you do a very good job of making it interesting to me. So thank you for that.
1: (laughs) I do appreciate it. And those are the compliments that I really do love to hear from people that don't normally like follow sports. Yeah. Tell me I've listened to your podcast or read your articles. Even though I'm not interested in sports. Mm -hmm. I like what you said. And I mean, I like to base some of my content around people that like don't know sport. Yes. Because I grew up around a whole lot of people that didn't know a whole lot about them.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely in that category of people who just, <laughs> I don't know, it just was never anything that I think my grandfather like wanted me to play football because I was a giant teenager, but like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it just was not, it wasn't in the cards for me. I like that. I
1: think every teenage boy has that, though. At least has some guardian that'll like try and push it. It's usually, especially here. In the South, it's football.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, it is. Um, It was probably a little bit of teenage rebellion on my part, too. Just like, you know, (laughs) I'm gay and I don't want to do sports because sports aren't gay. And I know that's not true. Obviously, Uh, we're going to get into it. We've had a breakout of new LGBT athletes come out. Yes. In the NFL, NBA, all around. Yes, very refreshing. So the reason that we're here today is because... Leah Thomas is in the news. Um, Do you want to tell us who Leah Thomas is? Well, she's a U-Penn swimmer.
1: That is in the headlines now because she was part of the male swimming team Mm -hmm. at U-Penn. Transitioned over over a year and a half ago, started hormone therapy in the process of becoming a woman and transferred over to the female team this past year. So she was on this hormone therapy. She's been on it for a year and a half and she's Mm -hmm. committed to trying to switch over to becoming a woman. And it's just been met with a whole lot of conservative criticism.
0: (laughs) First of all, congratulations to Leah for having the bravery to come out and in general.
1: uh (laughs) Yeah, just just being able to come out and then... I think having her having to take that stage after she won mm-hmm. is something that's supposed to be something that you're proud of as right. a performer, as an athlete. Right. And she didn't get to enjoy that because I've seen a whole right. lot of TikToks of a lot of people booing her while she was
0: <sighs> getting. <sighs> I saw the video. It was really hard to watch. Well, the thing is, too. I mean, she was in um, two other races. Yes.
1: Yeah, she won the, the 500 meter one. Yes. But the 200 meter one she competed in and she finished fifth out of eighth. And the 100 meter one, she came in eighth. She came in last place. Right. But and I mean, it, immediately a whole lot of people started saying she just completely threw
0: that race. And Right. If you listen to the conservative, you know, talking points. They make it sound like she has dominated the entire sport and, you know, taken away all these opportunities when two other cisgender women won.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And my thing with that one is that this was the first time a transgender athlete even won an NCAA championship. I didn't know that. Yeah. We've had. Congratulations. Transgender (laughs) people before that's competed in them, but nobody's ever won an outright. Wow. Wow like championship with the NCAA, and this was the first one. I got you. Uh,
0: Yeah, so, I mean, again, like, not being the most athletically minded, I, I had to do some research last night, and it's really, it was really, really disheartening just looking up on YouTube and seeing commentator after commentator after commentator, just a huge list of people. Right. Being, yeah, attacking her, being transphobic, you know, misgendering her, you know, calling her a dead name.
1: Yeah, I think I showed you that video on Fox of the Ugh. dad who said, yeah. hey, let's act civil about this and immediately started Inme- calling her. Mm-hmm. him. It's hard for someone that's left leaning like me. Right. To see a civil side from mm-hmm. the other side of it. We're together in that <laughs> struggle.
0: I, I, I think it's really funny how the only time we hear about Protect Women's Sports is when a transgender woman is involved. Yeah. And we don't hear about women's sports any other time of the year. And that's the only time it is in the news is right. when a transgender woman competes. Yeah, to where even
1: in one of my articles that I wrote last semester, there was a study done that showed that only three percent of like the national media coverage of sports, even
0: on ESPN, was done on women's sports. So if you care so much about women's sports, why why does it not anger you that they are not covered or given the same, you know, cultural gravity as these men's as these all men's teams? And and I am just assuming, but I assume that they're paid less uh, (laughs) than. Oh, yeah. They are paid way less than their male counterparts Um, to where
1: the highest salary from the WNBA player in my article that I found from last season Mm -hmm. was only 75% of the salary of the lowest paid NBA player. And I mean, I get that they don't bring in as much money as right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's a whole lot of issues that go all into that as to why they don't make a lot of money. Yeah. But even the percentages on it where NBA players get more percentage of their
0: revenue Mm -hmm. than NBA players do. Yeah. But we have to protect women's sports.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So I say it all the time. I've been a huge advocate for women's sports and everything like that. And it's disheartening Mm -hmm. to me to see that that's the only time people even care about it. Right.
0: Yeah. I think that there are a small number of people who might have genuine concerns and questions about this. And I think that's fair. Right. It's kind of scary to be exposed to something that is new and that you don't quite understand but when you really follow this conversation to its core, and especially like the legislation that, you know, is, quote unquote, protecting women's sports, can be traced to very conservative, very fundamentalist, essentially lobbyist groups. Right. Uh, who, who are pushing legislation that does not benefit everyone.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think that plays into the whole you take one step forward then there's two mm-hmm. steps back. Yeah. Because as you covered last week on your podcast, Mm -hmm. Rome, we're getting a pride parade finally. Mm -hmm. But then all this comes out of Texas with the new transgender bill.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And And it's like people that are on the right side of the aisle will say, well, I mean, we gave you the pride parade. So.
0: Right. Yeah. But. (laughs) it's Yeah. I mean, it's you take the good with the bad. It's like it can be really disheartening and really just exhausting. It's exhausting.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) I do think I'm concerned a little bit about my transgender friends because I have a yeah. few transgender friends that are male turned female and I don't mm-hmm. know how people are going to react to that.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's really scary. And I think that's a big reason why, you know, Realm Pride is, is such a big deal is because right. we're kind of in the center of this tri-state conservative like <laughs> <laughs> buckle of the Bible belt. So like just to have something that represents queer people is is really important.
1: A statistic that I've been hearing get thrown around a lot was mm-hmm. something to do with swimming rankings, okay. where she jumped from like 462nd in men's to first in women's. Um, there, there's not a ranking system for individual swimmers,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's teams that are ranked, but the research that I've found trying to dig into where that number came from is she finished somewhere around 450th with the best time in the nation on the men's side her freshman year at UPenn. So I'm guessing that's where that number comes from, is where her first year in college where she was against everybody on the men's side. Yeah, there's no ranking system on individual swimmers when it comes to
0: college. I gotcha. So, I mean, that's just a fake statistic that's being thrown out to, you know, try and convince people that there's some something fishy going on right
1: and i think that this is a big time for if you have right leaning friends where i don't think that they particularly need to take your side on it but they're in a spot to where they have to like prove hey i i have this belief and i have to prove it be without being transphobic
0: yeah (laughs) yeah and we were talking earlier i i found this um study uh that was published in sports medicine and it recently 2021 the title of it is transgender women in the female category of sport perspectives on testosterone suppression and performance advantage and there's a chart in here that that i'm seeing i've seen this chart before i didn't know it was from this article which i feel like a lot of people are using it to sort of prove quote unquote their side that like there is an advantage This chart says there is between cisgender men and cisgender uh, women, there is only a 10 to 13 percent advantage that having testosterone gives you in the sports of rowing, swimming, track running and road running, which those are always the sports that I that I hear about that I've seen where you know, transgender women are in these sports and it's causing all of this controversy. Right. But that advantage of testosterone is is very low, like on the lower end. Um, there is some studies that say like certain sports, you know, testosterone does, you know, offer more advantages. But like these sports that we're talking about, swimming, running, that sort of thing, like it's on the lower end. And again, like that statistic is comparing cisgender men and women. Transgender women who go through hormone therapy, who suppress their testosterone, go through physical changes. And I think that the more
1: we see of that, the more we'll actually get like data to do studies on. Yeah. Because there's not a large port, like, there's not a lot of trans athletes right
0: now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it's fair to say like there is good science to be done. And I think that you can do it without continuing to marginalize people, without being transphobic, without misgendering people, without deadnaming people, which is what we're seeing on the more cultural side of things, which is just this horrible display of cruelty towards leah thomas i mean like i said earlier you know just if you look her up on youtube it's if you care about lgbt rights if you care about transgender people it's incredibly disheartening just to see the flood of of attacks that she's getting especially like in feminism there's this idea that you know jk rowling she's she's just like oh well i'm just asking questions Oh yeah, the huge influx of TERFs. Exactly. Like you know, I'm just I'm just trying to ask questions. I'm just trying to be safe. But you have to be really careful between like having a genuine question and not knowing about something and trying to push a narrative and trying to push an agenda and supporting, maybe even unknowingly, an agenda that hurts people.
1: And it's weird for me because I'm friends with a lot like a lot of my family members are conservative. Yeah. And I see Especially like with all this going on with Leah Thomas, I've recently seen a good amount of J.K. Rowling, yeah, (laughs) like posts shared by my conservative family Mm -hmm. members, who are some of the same ones that wouldn't let their kids watch Harry Potter when they
2: were kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great! Wow, that's 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 not hypocritical at all. No, I'm I'm the same. I was not allowed to read Harry Potter when I was growing up either, and now that I I don't know. Now that I kind of grew up and watched how JK Rowling turned out, I'm like, well, maybe it's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) No, but I think it's I, I think it's important to let people know, like, you know, if you're not sure about this, that is not necessarily a bad thing. You just have to do more research and you have to reach out to people who who are living that experience. It's really easy these days, especially with the Internet, to get caught in an echo chamber and to like have an opinion on on all sides. To like have right. an opinion of, of something anything and then twitter sort of put splinders on any other sort of perspective
1: it's just disheartening to me seeing that this was the only time that women's sports ever gets brought up with people
0: yeah no i i, I completely agree <laughs> it's like this sort of thing comes up and then it's Okay, well, why haven't I been hearing about women's sports for, you know, all the other days of the year? And it's like there's more to it
1: than just males are better and be- bigger than females. Because if that was true, I'd be able to be all those females that were racist the other day. Just because I'm inadvertently a
0: cisgender male. Michael Phelps is like nine <laughs> feet tall and has duck feet. <laughs> He has a biological advantage over his male team member. Like <laughs> some people just are taller. Some, you know, there that is definitely an aspect. You know, if if you are a very petite, uh, light person, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you, you're probably not going to have a career in football, like whether or not you're a man or a woman or trans or cis that there is like a certain aspect of like a physiology that kind of affects it and again you know this is the perspective of someone who's not involved in athletics at all (laughs) this is just my understanding and it's not to say that you know if you're four foot tall you can't play basketball it's just gonna be harder yeah (laughs) um and that seems to me to be the point of athletics is to to overcome obstacles
1: yeah and I mean, you talk to a whole lot of athletes about this when it goes on and a lot of female athletes will straight up just tell you, I don't care who I'm playing against, yeah. I'm going to do my hardest against them. Yeah. And most of them, I'm not going to say all of them, aren't going to make excuses as to why they lost. Yeah. Other than I just wasn't good enough and I'll do better next time. Right. Yeah. And then there's the whole narrative of hey transgender athletes should just have their own sport or own little section it's like how many transgender athletes do people think there are we we yeah <laughs> we're,
0: we're talking i mean <laughs> wh- like like you were saying like women's sports in general is such a it is such a sort of limited pool and an even smaller portion of that population is transgender right and they are not winning every single game that they're in right they're not if what people are saying is true then the only you know first place winners would be transgender women and that's not what's happening
1: right um it it takes a whole lot from leah thomas's training to get to where she was yeah and how much she's had to go through through all of it yeah yeah because it's not as easy as hey i just want to be a male and then they're like, Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, and but, uh, yeah, that's another <laughs> f- perspective that you know these people are trying to push is like, oh well, I can just put on a wig and you know, go the perform outside. in a women's league. First of all, that's not true because they check hormone levels. <laughs> that's a <laughs> and, false narrative that people are trying to push now. And I don't know if we talked about this. It's my understanding that they check Leo Thomas' hormone levels and yeah. all of the, on all of the competitors.
1: Yeah, because the NCAA has a rule set in place that Leah had to go through where she had Mm -hmm. to do a year and a half of hormone therapy before
0: she was deemed eligible again. So by the literal rules of the organization, she is qualified. Yeah. I mean, even Caitlyn Jenner has said that she doesn't support like trans people playing in their... Preferred gender, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think leagues. if you would have
1: stopped that sentence after Caitlyn Jenner doesn't support trans people,
0: it still would true.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's
0: true. Yeah, that's true. So um, I've
1: said for a while, Caitlyn Jenner opened the door for trans people and then shut that shut
0: thing. Shut it, right it after as, she opened yeah, it. she's like, Nope, you're not as rich as me. <laughs> yeah, she wants to sit at the table alone, apparently. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you, Brandon, for coming in and talking with me about this. You've you've taught me a lot. And oh, no
1: problem. I was about to. Say. I'm glad to have these conversations with people, especially like yourself, that you don't know the slight sports side of. Right. The conversation of it. And I mean, I don't mind lending that voice. Yeah. To help people understand that side of the problem.
0: Yeah. We'll definitely keep an eye on this. And yes, support women's sports <laughs> for all women, transgender, cisgender. otherwise. Thanks Brandon. Hi Kariana. Nice to well not meet you I've met you before but you know we're still (laughs) getting to know each other and uh, Diego. Hi and it's nice to meet you Kariana.
2: Hey nice (laughs) meeting you too Diego.
0: So Diego you're going to be working uh, at the podcast you're also going to be hosting on the record Yes, uh, I'm still kind of
3: starting out, but I'm excited/slash nervous to get started on it.
0: Ariana, what's been on your mind?
2: All right, so I've been trying to look at the local news here in Georgia, and what's you know come to me is the new bill on divisive concepts. You know, it's just trying to ban things like saying that the U.S. is fundamentally or systematically racist, like in the classroom. Or that individuals are inherently racist or oppressive because of their, you know, race, skin, color, or ethnicity. And banning, like, teaching, like, one race is superior, which I think we can all kind of agree on that. Yeah.
0: Well, it was so confusing because when we were reading over what it bans, it's like, oh, well, that's good that they're not teaching that one race is better than (laughs) another. So, like, what's the problem? But... It, it gets a lot more vague than that.
2: I feel like it's kind of just, it puts fear in the teachers, like, that mm-hmm. they would kind of not speak up on some things because they're not sure, like, where the guidelines are on it. And, like, yeah. some things could just be left out that need to be talked about in classrooms.
3: Uh, yeah, there are a lot of things that need to be said in classrooms that I feel like, with if this bill is passed, anyone go and say,
0: oh, I don't like that you're teaching this or talking about this, like, shut it down. Right. Don't teach it ever again. What's what's to keep someone from saying, oh, yeah, I don't like that. So I consider it a divisive concept and potentially get the school or the teacher teacher in legal trouble. I mean,
3: yeah, you know? uh, uh, something as as basic as evolution. thats taught in biology. Like somebody mm-hmm. could go and say, oh, uh, I don't believe in evolution. I don't like that you're teaching this to my child. Stop it right now. Right.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And um, this bill, like, gives parents the ability to, like, appeal what, you know, teachers have in their outlines to teach. So, I mean, a teacher's whole plan on what they want to teach in a classroom could be, like, disrupted yeah. because of one complaint.
0: At what point do you just homeschool your kid? <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. At what point,
0: I mean, you know, it, at, at a certain point, you know, you got to let your kid out into the world. And part of growing up... Is being met with divisive concepts. <laughs> like, right. And just
2: because it's not a value of yours or is something that you disagree with to say that like no one could learn it or mm-hmm. no one could teach that is really just overkill.
3: Because yeah, I feel um, a lot of parents see it as trying to protect their child. Mm-hmm. But one way or another, they're going to come into contact with these topics, yeah. whether it be in college or in the like outside in a
0: career. Like there's just no way of, Shielding them from it. It's better to teach them when they're young, like <laughs> when, when they're able to like, you know, that's when your brain is the most uh, plastic and right, mm-hmm. uh,
2: absorbing all of the concepts. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So it's worrying, I think, to say the least. And, um, you know, just the vagueness of it. I, I think it, you know, sets a really bad precedent. And I think it just makes the relationship between like the parent and the teacher more divisive.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ironically, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, there, there's already a problem with how many teachers we have. We need more teachers. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty safe to say that something like this could keep people from pursuing teaching. I mean, it's already <laughs> really hard to be a teacher, Yeah, especially in public school system. The pay, the benefits like it's there's already like so little going for a job that is so important
2: you know, like a parent can say, OK, well, I want your lesson plans for nine weeks. Mm-hmm. Like and these parents have to come up with it within like 30 days or they have to at least give them like a description and tell them like, OK, I'm going to have it to you by then. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know a teacher that plans their stuff out exactly for nine weeks and then they have to do that on command. Like, I mean,
0: yeah, um, support to all the teachers out there. Speak up on it. Let us know what we can do to help. Um, I mean, the Ukraine-Russia conflict is still happening. It's it's really not showing any signs of letting up anytime soon. A lot of people
3: are worried that we're uh, the U.S. is going to have to get involved
0: somehow. Yeah, it's- and there's a lot of talks about a no-fly zone, and I don't support that. That's a very obvious sign of aggression, I feel. Essentially, Ukraine is, is wanting the European Union to set up a new no fly zone so that if a Russian aircraft goes into Ukrainian airspace, then the European Union can attack.
3: But, like, what's to stop Putin from just, just doing it anyway? Like,
0: who's to say he's not going to ignore it? Right. Or- yeah, I mean that's true, but it's a game of chicken. Like it's just, it, it really is. But it's just like with nuclear weapons. <laughs> so,
3: so much fun.
0: Ooh, so you know, I just, I you know, I personally, I I don't like the idea of of the no fly zone. I don't know if y'all have any strong feelings about that. But. I haven't
2: really read up on it, so I don't want to like give a straight up opinion on it. But
0: but you hate it, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like listening to you, I, I can kind of agree. <laughs>
0: Um, I mean, different people say different things. I mean, my kind of default position is anti-war, like anti-aggression, whatever is not going to lead to more war. Let's do that. (laughs) Having said that, I am totally supportive of Ukraine defending themselves from, Mm -hmm. you know, the the imperialist push of Russia.
2: So, like, what do you feel like having the no-fly zone would do, like, if... I did have it.
0: If they set up a no-fly zone, I feel like that would be seen as an act of aggression on Russia's part. I feel like it would, I mean, Russia's already kind of said that, like, sanctions are in itself violence. And I, I feel like what we've been doing with sanctions to add a no-fly zone would just be unwise. <laughs> That's how I feel. I, I feel like it would be seen as as an act of aggression,
2: okay and like that they would like react to that and right. create more mm-hmm. you know of a situation and violence and stuff
0: and it would embroil more than just ukraine and russia probably be the franz ferdinand of world war three oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just how i feel i you know like i said anything to any decision that is going to lead to more war i am pretty much just automatically not going to support but i understand you know. Again, like, I totally support Ukraine defending themselves and everything. I, I'm, I'm not criticizing that at all. If a Russian was on my doorstep, a Russian soldier, I should say. <laughs> not Rus- everybody. If a Russian soldier was on my doorstep, you know, wanting to shoot and kill me, I would also defend myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, now I'm going to talk about TikTok. Wow, that was great. That was like a. I don't believe in transitions here. I just, I just go into the next story. I just, I just (laughs) jump in deep, like jump into the deep end.
3: You know, I I saw this thing that if you went on TikTok, the first five videos that pop up that basically explains your whole for you page. That depresses me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm like, I'm embarrassed. I'm really
3: right. I did it the other
0: day and I was like, this is this is kind of embarrassing. I don't, I don't really have no, like, I, I, I have a lot of, um, I don't know, maybe it would be really good. I don't know. It's very all over the place. There's a lot of like pretentious kind of art stuff. <laughs> there's a lot of like cinematography, like people taking beautiful videos of like nature. And then there's also very surreal comedy. I have a lot of Lizzo. She shows up in my oh, okay. Same. a lot. Lizzo's yeah. on there a lot. Um, she's, she's very funny, so I uh, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, no, I. She's on my for you page for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> she's for me. <laughs> well, she's for all of us. Do, do both of you use TikTok pretty regularly? Yeah, mm-hmm. I
2: do. I'm yeah. always on TikTok. On like on my for you page, I feel like I have like a lot of creative kind of stuff. Like I crochet, so I get a lot of. <sighs> Little crochet t- tutorials and,
3: like... What's crochet?
2: You know, knitting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just with one hook. So instead of, like, the needles, it's just one with the hook on it. So you can just do it with one hand.
0: I've had, uh, like, I definitely have that on my on my TikTok, too. But it, it's less about, like, I think it's just because I like other people who do arts and crafts. <laughs> I like it when other people do it. I personally don't have the time, but <laughs> nothing but love and support for people who are able to do that.
2: Well, thank it would, you.
0: It would make me. I've tried. I've really tried. And I honestly, maybe not crocheting specifically, but I've tried knitting. I've tried needlepoint. And it just makes me want to scream.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of patience. We need a lot of patience yeah, to do it. Yeah. It's time consuming. And...
0: Part of me is just like, I want to pay someone to this to be over. <laughs> <laughs> so support your local artists.
2: <laughs> support me. I have an Etsy shop. Do, do you, you do? really? I do. But well, I just opened it. Like
0: I need you to plug it right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's Chanel Crochet Studio on Etsy, guys. I'm <laughs> up
0: right now. No. I'm going to give you a live reaction of Kariana's crocheting <laughs> on her oh, Etsy God. shop. <sighs> Wait, is that you? Or is that... Oh, are those your dolls? No. no oh, okay. No. <laughs> what am I looking at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it just opened up Etsy. There you are. I found you. Ooh. Oh, I love that hat. I love that pink bag. Yeah, that's really nice. It looks really like nice. a... Uh, Oh, it's for water bottles. I was, it was for wine bottles.
2: <laughs> okay, but you could put one in there.
0: Yeah. It's like I my would...
2: festival bag, so you don't have to, like, carry it in your hands.
0: Or oh, no. you got a TikTok, too. You got a little video on here. Oh, my God. It's so cute.
2: <gasps> Any model?
0: <laughs> I am obsessed. I had to. I'm obsessed everybody go to Chanel crochet studio on Etsy right now and buy all of her stuff except for the pink bag. That's for me. And it is for wine. Well, it was nice to talk with you guys. Um, we might actually make something out of this. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Diego. And thank you, Kariana, for helping me out with that episode. I really enjoyed it. And thank you for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye.